Welcome back, Gleeks. Welcome back, Gleeks. We're so excited to be here on this special month, June. I mean, what, what, do you, whatever do you mean, Erin? Happy Pride! Yay! We love gays. Happy Pride. Um, in honor of Pride this week, I say this week as if we release an episode every week. <laughs> in honor of Pride, this every other month episode is going to be about Pride. So no gleams this week. We will pick up our gleams in our next episode. But today we're going to talk about Pride, specifically things that Glee does wrong. We know that Glee does some things right. They do some things okay, but they also just do some things really terribly. So that's what we're here to talk about today. But before that, we have to send a big congratulations to Glee alum Alex Newell, who won a Tony for Best Featured Actor for their role as Lulu in the musical Shucked. Alex played Unique Adams in seasons three through six of Glee and started on the Glee project. Pretty crazy. Shuck. It's about corn, I guess. I haven't seen it. I don't live in New York. I don't go to the Broadway, as they say. But I did read the Wikipedia for Shucked, and it says it's about corn and a small, like, insular town that loses their corn crops and has to reach out to nearby cities for help. And so... In the Tonys this year, Newell became the first out non-binary actor to win a Tony, followed immediately by Jay Harrison Gee, who became the second out non-binary actor to win a Tony for Best Leading Actor in a Musical for the role in Some Like It Hot. This is not Newell's first Broadway appearance. They made their Broadway debut in Once on This Island in 2017, which was actually produced by Jenna Ushkovitz from Glee of Glee fame. Tina Cohen-Chang. Newell is the second Glee alum to win a Tony for an acting role. The first was Ali Stoker, who won Best Featured Actress in a Musical for her role as Addo Annie in Oklahoma, and was also the first actor who uses a wheelchair to win a Tony. Um, she got her start in Glee Project as well. She only got a guest role, though. You may remember Emma Filsbury's cousin, who she tries to set up with Artie or I don't know if she specifically does, but like, or like, no, I don't think Emma does. I think it's just like, Artie is like, whoa, mm-hmm. who's that person? And she's like, oh, you think we're going to get together just because we both use a wheelchair? Like, that's not true. And then they do end up hooking up at the wedding, I think. Ooh. I know, spicy. And then that's her only appearance. But she has a Tony for Oklahoma and she's been in a ton of other stuff too. And then Jenna also has two Tonys for producer work, once on this island and The Inheritance. So a lot of Tony alums, a lot of Glee alums win in Tonys. Great job, team. Newell's win is super exciting. However, it's been overshadowed by the fact that Leah Michelle was at the Tonys this year to do a funny girl performance, but didn't has not won a Tony and isn't eligible for her role in Funny Girl because she was not the producer's like original. You have to be the original actor to win a Tony for the role. Hmm only Beanie would be eligible for Tony and she obviously didn't get that so oof I think so like the drama has kind of overshadowed the win which I think is unfortunate for Alex because it's a big deal in their career really exciting and frankly I think a lot of people want to distance themselves from Glee and from Miss Leah Michelle at this point but you know 
that aside, congratulations to Alex Newell. I'm sure you're listening. Um, <laughs> we're so proud of you on here at That's What You Missed pod um, <laughs> on Instagram. If you do listen, shout us out. Congratulations. We're very excited for Alex Newell and their amazing wins. Yeah. Big, big W, I would say, for the gays, for them personally as well. <laughs> Let's get into it. Aaron said we're going to be covering some glongs. That's gay glee wrongs, just so everybody's on the same page. Like Aaron said, there's some things, I can't think of any, that Glee did right. Bert Hummel. Oh, true. <laughs> I'm a Bert stand till I die. Right. They did some things good, maybe. I will begrudgingly admit it. But they mostly did things wrong. And one thing they did wrong was the predatory gay character situation. We get kind of right into it with Sandy at, you know, in season one. And while he's like a very funny character, the whole like Josh Groban thing really kills me. Amelia, put in, who is Josh Groban? Kill yourself right here, please. Who is Josh Groban? Kill yourself. So anyways, we just kind of jump right in with the predatory gay characters, like right off the bat, because Rachel goes to Principal Figgins and is like, Sandy is touching male students inappropriately, which I is is true? Question mark. Like it looks true in a flashback, right? But her motivation behind it isn't to help the people he's inappropriately touching. It's like to further her own solo career. Yeah, because like, she's mad. She's not getting enough solos, right? So, like, we have some questionable actions. So Sandy's being predatory. He gets fired because of this and he becomes the town weed dealer aka chronic lady and then sandy joins Akafellas, but he's kicked out because everybody thinks he's a fucking creep because he is so then he rejoins because he's like i can get josh groban to come to our performance but then josh does turn up but he's just giving sandy a restraining order because he's been sending him quote locks of hair and food baskets first of all we just want to know whose hair Sandy is bald, for those of you who don't know. If you haven't seen, you should go watch, first of all. But also, Sandy is bald. So where's the hair coming from? (laughs) He also lives in a trailer with lots of porcelain dolls. And then also to, like, hammer the nail into the coffin more, he literally describes himself as a predatory gay. So that would really be my case on why Sandy is a glong. (laughs) I just think cringe embarrassing for those of you who don't know sandy is played by steven tobolowski yeah he he is in garfield the movie (laughs) one day at a time one of my favorite shows the reboot that he um, is in that i love that i did on netflix and then freaky friday according to google i haven't seen freaky friday in a long time beethoven's big break he's in some classics Plays a pretty similar vibed character, I would say, every time he's in a show. Kind of quirky. Not always predatory, though. Not always predatory. And one day at a time, he's, like, cool. He is really good in one day at a time. Actually cool. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, like, a... He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't he end up, like, with Rita Moreno's character? Yes, I think so. What a W for him. I know, right? She's perfect. I know. Ugh, love her. Can't believe she spoke at our school. I know I was gonna say yes after we left. I want to talk about it. I'm upset. Fact that I would have been in the class that she came and spoke to would have been you. 
but it was anyways close the yearbook back to predatory gays <laughs> we also have kurt so kurt is our like he's our main gay throughout the series i would say before we meet blaine a lot of her early storylines are characterized by having crushes on straight men who won't reciprocate and like characterized as being kind of creepy or like overbearing about his crushes in the first season he has a crush on finn and he like comes on to finn a lot and specifically sets up their parents carol and bert loves of my life invented love so that he can get closer to finn first of all that's an oversight to me you want this person to be your stepbrother I don't think you thought this one through. This is not the Fosters, okay? <laughs> and I like he introduces them at like a parent teacher thing and he's like, You have dead spouses, you should talk. He encourages like Carol to move on really fast, which annoys Finn. In my opinion, he's just really annoying throughout this entire storyline. He just drives me insane. I love Kurt and I think he is annoying. He tries to get Carol to like sell the furniture and get rid of the dad's chair. And then the main moments for this one are he interrupts Mr. Schuster to saying a house is not a home after talking to Finn about moving in and being roommates. And Finn has been like, no, I won't do that. It's about the chair because Finn's dad has a chair that he used to sit in that he and his mom have like kept around since his dad passed away. In A House Is Not A Home, there's the line. A chair is still a chair Even when there's no one sitting there Blah, blah, blah. And he specifically says to Mr. Schuster that we need to explore the idea of a sense of place. Tell me he would not do numbers at a liberal arts school. (laughs) Sings this song at Finn. Like, not to the choir room, not to Finn, literally at Finn, just like eye contact. Um, and it's very creepy and very annoying and also uncomfortable. And this is not like, not one of my favorite songs of all time. And we do, however, get the famous Santana's hat on Britney's shoulder moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy pride. So true. Um, this is a beautiful song for Chris. This is a terrible song for Corey. And they don't put this song in a key that's attainable for him mm-hmm. and they make him do the belt part specifically now and then i call your name and suddenly your face appears. it's it's probably Corey's worst song in all of glee wow that's a statement honestly it's true though <laughs> <laughs> it's a true statement it's a true statement and then they all go out to dinner. This is my favorite scene. And Kurt has his little Shirley Temple. And he's like, a toast to our new family. And he goes to make a toast. But Finn won't participate in the toast because he's too busy being leaned over, not even using his hands to drink, just like chewing on his straw, leaned over <laughs> his cup. My favorite. I just, the the angst embodied in Corey's body language in that scene Mm-hmm. Oh, chef's kiss where was his where was his primetime emmy mm-hmm. um for that specifically mm-hmm. and then when he goes to talk he like moves a bit to talk to bert about sports when he stands like moves up away from his straw the straws all chewed up i also chew on straws so 
this is my <laughs> this is my love of Finn moment. Yeah, it's really all coming together. <laughs> Ultimately, Finn bonding with Bert does lead to like a big fight with Kurt and Bert. Kurt and Bert. I can't believe they did that. I know. No, I was literally you took the words out of my mouth. Like I literally cannot believe that they did that. And we're all like, yeah, it's fine. They yeah, no one in the writer's room was like, you guys, I think their names sound too similar. Yeah, like maybe this is too much, you guys. Yeah. Bad. I think and eventually they're like, okay, now we're brothers, we're chilling. Mm-hmm. And we're we're all we're all good. So then season two. Kurt has to have a new predatory crush. Sam Evans. This is pre-Blaine. Sam comes in. I also love Sam Mm -hmm. so much. He's so precious and kind and wonderful. Um, And so Finn gets Sam to join the Glee Club. Kurt is convinced Sam is gay because he dyes his hair to look like Linda Evangelista circa 1993. There's a lot of jokes about Sam's hair. I don't understand the origin. Are they dying? What's the actor's name? Cord Overstreet? Chord. Chord. My boy Chord. Chord. Are they dying Chord's hair? I don't think so. I think he's like blonde like that. I think so too. So are they just making fun of his natural hair color? Yes, I think yes. Okay. Oh, poor Chord. Sorry, I know I'm saying his name wrong. Cord, I'll stop when you come on the podcast. (laughs) Cord, is that how it's supposed to be pronounced? Yeah. Anyways, so they do a duet competition because they're trying to win a gift card to breadsticks. Kurt is like, we need to sing together, you and me, Sam, because I'm your best chance at winning unless you pair up with Rachel. And Sam is like, "Mm, aren't you like a girl and a guy? (laughs) And Kurt is like, no. And Sam's like, okay. And then um, Finn tells Kurt not to pursue this because he's putting a bullseye on Sam. Sam's trying to adjust to the new school. And you need to understand that no means no. And if you sing with Sam, he's going to want to drop out of the Glee Club within a week. They have this conversation as they're like, you know, moving through the, uh, the cafeteria line. And Kurt is wearing a visor indoors. Why? <laughs> first of all visors are dumb yeah you still got a sunburn on your scalp yes correct second of all why are you wearing it indoors there's no sun you're in ohio why are you wearing a visor to begin with yeah ohio? exactly lots of questions and then finn tells sam not to sing with kurt sam is like i don't get it he's really good there's this whole except because Finn had told Sam Glee Club will make him popular, but now he's telling him that he'll be unpopular if he sings with Kurt. And Sam is like, but Kurt is really talented. I don't get it. And then accuses Finn of having a problem with gay dudes. King. We I- love you, Shord. Finally, Kurt approaches Sam to say, we're not do- doing a duet together anymore. I'm going to do the duet with someone, with the only person who can match my talent himself. He does a duet by himself. But Sam is like in the shower. Glee kids stop coming up to each other in the shower literally teachers stop coming up to students in the shower yes stop showering that was a lot of like plot info basically the point is that until you meet blaine kurt's relationships are characterized by this like unrequited love which Mm -hmm. is fine in itself it's the way that 
mm-hmm. where it's like unrequited love is portrayed that becomes like kind of problematic because he's always seen as like predatory character he doesn't take no for an answer Finn like accuses him of like not knowing when no means no mm-hmm. and he is pretty unaware of the way that he's making these other characters uncomfortable mm-hmm. at least with Finn I think pretty like over the top I don't feel like he really crosses any boundaries with Sam that I can remember but till he has a gay character to like mirror his interest right he ends up in these like predatory unrequited love situations where they like his situation with Finn could have easily just been written as like kind of like a yearning yeah it didn't have to be like weird but they make it weird yeah and that's a glong mm-hmm. our next glong theme biphobia hi gleeks We are going to be talking about biphobia in this section. Biphobia is the term for prejudice or discrimination towards bisexual folks. It's often presented as the belief that bisexual people are more likely to cheat or that they need to pick a side between being straight and being gay. One thing about Glee, it's going to be biphobic. It's true. It's painfully accurate. The first example is in season two, we have some spin the bottle action. Is Spin the Bottle real? I don't think I ever played it, but I I also, I've never been in a situation where, like, Spin the Bottle was even, like, something that people, like, brought up. No. Same. I It's really, like, overblown. If you've played Spin the Bottle, send us an email, because currently, I don't think it's real. Yeah, I think it's fake. So they play Spin the Bottle, Rachel and Blaine kiss. (laughs) I'm doing, I'm like rubbing my knuckles together to mime them kissing like like little Barbies or something. I don't know why I did that. I'm excited for the Barbie movie. And Blaine has this like, maybe I'm not, like I came out as gay really young. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm actually bi. And he's trying to have this discussion with Kurt, who at this point has like a massive, massive crush on Blaine. Who doesn't have a crush on season two Blaine? True. Seasons three through six, Blaine. No, literally, Blaine. Mwah, chef's kiss. I'm in love. He's like, I think I might be bi. And Kurt says, quote, Bisexual is a term that gay guys in high school use when they want to hold hands with girls and feel like a normal person for a change. This one is addressed, I will say. Because a lot of times, my issues with Glee is that characters just kind of like get away with the things they do it's not addressed or like you know we as it's unclear if like we as the audience are supposed to really see that they're like in the wrong Mm -hmm. but in this one you do get one of my favorite I know I say it's about every glee line but like one of my favorite glee lines so this one's actually genuinely so good where Blaine gets up to leave the table and he looks at Kurt and he says I'd uh, I'd say bye but I wouldn't want to make you angry oh sick burn so true, King. This storyline resolves, obviously, with Blaine realizing he's gay. It happens because he makes out with Rachel in the Lima Bean Cafe and then, like, pulls away from the kiss and he's like, nope, I'm gay. 100%. I'm Okay, but, like, and people can be gay. Like, I think that's great. But if I kissed Rachel, I would think I was straight. You know what I'm saying? Like... 
no offense to Leah Michelle, she's just not my type. You know, like, I just think maybe he should try to kiss maybe more than one girl and see. But also sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know. It's so funny. Yeah. And so, like, that's resolved, I think. But, I mean, for the most part, I still think it's kind of heinous that Kurt says that. The other thing is that he's right. In the storyline, Kurt is right. Mm -hmm. Like, it does turn out that Blaine is just, like, experimenting or whatever. Which, like, you know, obviously, it's all fine. The glong... Mm -hmm is Kurt saying that specifically I would say another glong this is like further along further a glong (laughs) big brain is when they're living in New York so I think this is like season four maybe but when Demi Lovato is on the show and they're you know in New York like I said and Santana is like super upset about Britney Sorry, this is so spoily if you haven't seen any of Glee or like you're in the first season. This would be it's been out for so long. Yeah, I know. I can't be mad. Okay. We're uh, not giving spoiler warnings. Watch the show. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched Glee by now and you're listening to this podcast, like I just simply don't know what you're doing. It's like saying spoiler alert, they crucified Jesus. You should know that. You should know by <laughs> now. Um <laughs> what a great parallel, Aaron. Um, <laughs> So anyways, Santana's like super upset about Brittany and that whole situation. And she's talking to Danny, parentheses Demi Lovato, who tells Santana. I mean, it's probably for the best. I think you need a 100% sapphic goddess. I just think, isn't Demi Lovato bi? I think so. Okay. Or pan or like something along those lines. I just think... Let's consider our words, perhaps. And also just don't be biphobic if you could avoid it, you know? And this is a very easy situation in which... You can avoid it. I'm like, you could just say, I think you need a better partner. Somebody who understands you. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of ways that we could just not be biphobic. And I don't think this one is ever addressed. Santana doesn't have, like, a Blaine response. She's just like, yeah, maybe you're right. Let's walk down the street together, home from our shift at the diner, and sing a Beatles song. Yeah, like, that's not great, girl. And that's the only, like, resolution to it, which is not great. This is a situation where I become speechless, because I'm like, you already had a biphobic thing that you kind of addressed with the Kurt stuff, like, earlier on. Mm -hmm. Like, you already kind of addressed this issue. Why are we bringing it back up and then just leaving it? And it's not written in as, like, like a joke, really. I feel like it's written in more as, like, it's a flirtation kind of thing. Because the issue is that Santana's worried that, like, Brittany is, like, moving on with, like, men or something. And, like, Santana is like, yeah, you're right. Not like, hey, don't, you know, disrespect my ex-partner like that. Also, bisexual people in general. She's like, so true, Danny. Also, Danny... Demi, please name more creatively. Literally. This is the second time we've discussed this today. Like, come on. They doing a bad job. I know, not super creative. Another glong is under the category of Kurt and Blaine. I would say I do, like Aaron said, love Blaine season two. The rest of the seasons, I'm kind of anti-Blaine. He and Kurt get kind of annoying to me. They make me feel homophobic. Yeah, like a little bit. Like, I'm kind of like, eh. Uh, Gay people shouldn't be together. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe gay people shouldn't be able to get married. You know what I'm saying? Um, That was a mistake. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) I love gay people. 
So yeah, one thing that Blaine really does that I think is just borderline insane is macaroni Kurt. <laughs> macaroni Kurt. Macaroni Kurt. Before I did my research, I thought this was crafted by Blaine himself. It's actually made by Sam as an attempt to help Blaine during a time when he and Kurt are having a really hard time in their relationship. Ultimate ally. Again, circling back, Sam is the best. <laughs> Love you. And at one point, Blaine says, The macaroni really captures him. About macaroni, Kurt. And I just think that you would have to be absolutely out of your mind to say something like that, respectfully. The other thing is he does make like a Kurt puppet at one point for context Kurt calls Blaine a quote-unquote puppet master due to his controlling like behaviors and then when he's later when he's in the choir room Blaine starts hallucinating because there's a gas leak and he like imagines everybody as puppets and it's actually quite disturbing if you have like a fear of puppets the whole thing is just like a lot and then Sue takes away the Kurt puppet she's like you're sick (laughs) she's right and she should say it like (laughs) yeah yeah this also gets us to the what does the fox say number true which is famously the number where kevin McHale like lost it kevin McHale plays artie he's on the record as saying that is when the light left my eyes (laughs) and he was apparently one of the last to like lose it with glee So then we have just some more random Blaine and Kurt tidbits, not in any particular order. In the final episode, they do like a flash forward where we are supposed to see Blaine and Kurt married for some reason. And they go to sing a little little number at Harvey Milk School in New York. One, why is it named Harvey Milk School? Harvey Milk is from San Francisco. That is on the other side of the country. Like, in at the San Francisco airport, for example, we do have the Harvey Milk Terminal. And it's a very beautiful terminal. And, you know, Harvey Milk is an important gay person, but he's not the only gay person. And there were lots of gay people in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the school maybe could have, like, been named after... A New Yorker? Someone else. Yeah. It's just an idea. Get into your local history is what I'm trying to say. You know? Nerd. You're like, it's important to teach people, specifically young people, about their local history so that you realize that the place you're from is important and that important things happened there. People lived there. It's not just, you know, San Francisco, New York, and like the gold rush or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Name it after someone from New York, idiots. I do love Harvey Milk, though. In this number, Chris Colfer's hair is a hate crime. It's so bad. This is, I think, cold, hard evidence and proof that Ryan Murphy hated Chris by this point, which we will talk about more later. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to mention that, that I hate his hair. It's like kind and of giving bird. It is. It is giving bird. We'll like put it. We'll put a picture in the Instagram post for this so that you can see it, because I think it really needs visual aid, but it looks terrible. No, it's bad. He, it's bad. It's bird-esque. I don't remember what song they sing, but it's bad. (laughs) I don't know what it was, but it was probably horrible. They also like lay on this rainbow carpet and all the children like jump over them. Strange. I love it. Blaine in season six also, this is just season six terribleness. At the beginning of season six, Kurt and Blaine are broken up. Finally, thank God, stay broken up. And Blaine is dating Karofsky. (laughs) 
You may recall Dave Karofsky from season one through three, bullying Kurt and threatening to kill him, which culminated in Kurt being forced to transfer to Dalton and use his parents' honeymoon money to pay for the tuition. We find out that Karofsky does all of this because he is gay and ashamed. Mm -hmm. However, that does not excuse the behavior. Right. And Blaine dates this man, which I think is weird and kind of wrong. Yeah, I would say objectively that's incorrect. Like, you should not be doing that. Yeah, like, very, you know, Dave probably has changed from who he was in high school. True, true. I don't know that I would date somebody, though, who, like, threatened to kill my ex at one point. Yeah, I think that's weird. I think, I think that's weird also. Kurt is sad, and and he tries to move on, and he briefly dates a very old man. Strange. Who is, like, married with children Kurt's age. Weird. Ex-married. He's, he was married to a woman, and now he's like, I'm gay. Good for you. Stop dating someone in college, perhaps. Yeah, that's weird. Because at this point, like, it's easy to overlook because the actors are all, like, 50 at this point. But, like, they're not 50. They're, like, probably 30. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> they're supposed to be, like, 19. Yeah. At this point. Mm-hmm. Or they're, like, June. I think Kurt is in, like, his senior year of college. Junior, senior year. So he's, like, 20, 21. Yeah, that's too young. Don't date a 50-year-old. And then, so Sue is a clean slash blurt stan and has a shrine to them in her i hate glee storage unit if this doesn't make sense don't worry it doesn't make sense to anyone who's seen season six so you're we're all on the same page she has <laughs> an i hate glee storage unit and she has a shrine to clean slash blurt i think they were really trying to like lean into the, like making fun of the fandom of the show at this point mm-hmm. And so she devolves, develops this master plan to get them back together, including, one, releasing a live bear into Blaine and Dave's apartment. Because, quote, Dave likes bears. <laughs> two, locking Blaine and Kurt in an elevator until they kiss. No. That's all. That's, I'm not going to say anything else about that. Just think about it. Just ponder. (laughs) Meditate. As you lay in bed tonight. Just think. Reflect on that. Also, Blaine and Kurt take over Brittany and Santana's wedding. Yeah. You hate to see it. So Brittany and Santana are getting married. Everyone's there. It's really exciting. Santana's grandma's even there. You love to see it. You love to see growth. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I hear this grating noise. Kurt and Blaine have decided to get back together. Woo! And they're going to get married. Woo! At Brittany and Santana's wedding. Boo. Yeah, what? If this happened to me, I'd be so mad. I would be mad. These randos from high school. literally from high school. Some people who I was in a club with in high school, who I famously, Santana and Kurt, don't like each other. Right. They roll up and they're like, we'd also like to get married today at your wedding. That is like, you know how people talk about like people proposing at weddings and how that's like rude? Yes. 
Imagine That's getting a- married at somebody's wedding. <laughs> I'd be so livid. Yeah. Livid. I agree. It was definitely fan service because they only got for the second, the last season, they only got like a half season order. Mm. So traditionally, before streaming, streaming changed all this because now seasons are like 10, 8 to 10 episodes usually. But in the BS before streaming, episode seasons would be 22 episodes typically and that would be a full season order they got a half season order so they got like 13 episodes Mm -hmm. um they were like let's just put it all in one episode so they didn't have enough time to do two wedding episodes and so they were like well let's just smush them together which makes sense and like you're like okay i got to see both my favorite gay couples get married woohoo but like it's annoying because I like Brittany and Santana together, but I do not like Blaine and Kurt together. And now I have to look at both of them. Right. After this wedding. Yeah. Big no from me. It's a no from me, sir. Yeah. Well, another glong I'd like to bring up um, <laughs> is one that Aaron briefly touched on earlier. And that's Finn. Finn Hudson. My man. <laughs> my favorite boy. Oh, yeah. I mean... He's he's something. So to he's start complex. out, yeah, he is complex. He just like is blatantly using slurs in season one. Not great. Not, Not great. great. After Bert and Carol move in together, Kurt decorates and Finn calls some of the decorations quote unquote faggy. Um which is just bad. I'm like, consider using a different term, one that would actually be descriptive and helpful. Yeah, these look too patterned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like the way the colors clash. Mm-hmm, exactly. I, yes, exactly. Ugh, Aaron, wordsmith. And then another thing that Finn does that I don't personally like is when he outs Santana. So, for, yeah, we, generally, I would say don't out people. I don't know. If you learn one thing from That's What You Missed dot pod. It's don't out people, Yeah. <laughs> So Sue is running for something. Congress? Yeah, or like the House of Representatives or something. Yeah, I don't really know. You know, politics. National politics. Yeah, you know how it is. But anyway, she's running for something. And Finn out Santana in the school hallway and news starts spreading that Sue's head cheerleader, one of her head cheerleaders, is a lesbian. And it happens during her election era. They're, oh, for yes, for Congress. That's not great. Then she has to come out to her family before she's ready because everybody has found out this news. And yeah, it just seems bad. Like Finn himself is kind of homophobic because he's like outing people, but it's not necessarily like a bad storyline. I don't know. Speak on this, Erin. Any opinions? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, I was thinking about this as I was like writing these notes and I'm pretty sure that what happens is it's sue bert and reggie the sauce salazar who's like a pizza mogul and he like runs the campaign ad with like santana's face in it which i feel like would be illegal yeah yeah she's a minor well and and like her consent to use her picture right yeah i feel like even if it was like i guess maybe if it's like a public licensed if it's like a photo from like a newspaper or something I don't know. I don't really understand legality of using people's pictures. It's very confusing to me. Same. Also, 
anti just filming strangers in public. Stop yeah, doing that. Teens. It just it seems illegal because she's a minor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, this does give us the iconic slap scene. Yes. Because it leads into rumor has it slash someone like you, one of the best glee mashups of all time. The best glee mashup of all time. And she slaps him in the face and it's fantastic. And it was also improved by Naya Queen. Ugh. And like she did it once in like a practice and then was like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have slapped you. And then Corey Monteith was like, No, that's great. Slap me every time. <laughs> King. And he's right. It works really well. Um, and I love it. And I think, yeah, the storyline in general of like Santana's coming out is like a really well done storyline the problem is that santana is like bro stop telling people i'm gay and finn is like everyone knows you're in love with britney they're not even like together yet and they've been having this whole like back and forth of like santana's like i'm in love with you and britney's like well i've like moved on or like Mm -hmm. they just have like a really like tenuous start Mm -hmm. and finn is like everyone knows you're in love with britney blah 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 doesn't matter home we ended homophobia in season one remember yeah um and so i think that is like what's frustrating about the storyline is that finn never really deals with his like it's never like oh i probably shouldn't have outed santana he's like "Mm -hmm." right right no offense to finn i don't know why i'm giving him that little like dorky voice however (laughs) back to kurt I, why did I not put all the Kurt notes in the same place? We'll never know. These are just general homophobia in, like, the writing, I would say, mm-hmm. um, that are, like, they're underlying. Yeah. Kurt is, like, overlooked for a lot of things in the show because he's not traditionally masculine. For example, he gives... He literally throws himself into his West Side Story audition in season three. Literally. My man is swinging in this little scaffolding. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't... He gets cast as, like, Officer Crumpy, which yeah. is, like, not a big role at all. Um, And is a very... I was gonna say it's a very small role. <laughs> it's not a big role. It doesn't have any, like, solos, really. Mm-hmm. Um... And it would have made, like, there's way better parts for him. He probably could have played Tony, to be honest. Who yeah. was Tony, if not a little feminine. Um, Absolutely agree. And so he could have played Tony. He could have played, like, any male lead, probably. But they just, like, regu- relegate him to Officer Crumpy because he's not, like, traditionally masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blaine gets Tony. And this is a little riff in their relationship. Just break up. Um, and <laughs> he has a stellar audition for Niata, doesn't get in. Rachel gets in, even though she sucks at her audition, and that is confusing to me. I don't even understand. I think it was just, like, 
bad writing honestly i don't really under even understand like why that happened he doesn't get any male leads at competitions except when he's in the warblers and the male leads usually go to characters who are traditionally masculine such as finn sam finn sam Mm -hmm. who else um like Ryder, maybe Mm -hmm. um even like seasons three for blaine because blaine kind of i think honestly because darren chris is straight yeah blaine operates this like despite having the worst outfits known to man blaine operates in this like masculine more masculine Mm -hmm. space in as far as the writers are concerned but then because you have like like chris colfer who's gay playing kurt you end up in this like kurt operates in this like space where he's not feminine enough to sing to get a female lead as evidenced in his Defying Gravity mm-hmm. storyline mm-hmm. where he wants to sing Defying Gravity but has to audition for it and decides not to and throws the last note because um, he doesn't want his dad to get like phone calls calling him slurs I think is what happened and mm-hmm. then um, but he's not masculine enough to get like the male leads so he ends up in this like liminal kind of space mm-hmm. as a character which um sucks because Chris Colfer is super talented arguably more talented than Corey Monteith Chord um Darren Chris is pretty talented I would say um but not as talented as Chris Colfer um so is he no um so he ends up in this like liminal space where he's not getting leads also towards the end this is a I ended up deep in the Reddit threads researching this. So there are rumors that Ryan Murphy and Chris Colfer kind of hated each other by the end. Some people don't think it's true. Some people do think it's true. I think it, I think one, the hair, that was proof. But two, as the show goes on, they stop changing keys for Chris Colfer, who, Mm -hmm. when he sings songs with other men and Chris Colfer has, so I don't know what, the name of Chris Colfer's range is, but it's like a specific male range mm-hmm. that's higher than usual. Right. Um, like you have like tenor, whatever. I was gonna say tenor alto, but alto is tr- like typically like a women's range. Right. Um, obviously, this is all like unnecessarily gendered, but I don't know enough about music to unpack gender in the music oh God, world. Yeah. Okay. So his range is a lot higher than most men. And you see that in his duet with Corey Monteith, where he's the song does not change keys. It's not in a good key for Corey Monteith. He like screeches to hit those last notes. It's really bad. But that changes in the later seasons where the keys are in like Darren Chris's keys. Mm-hmm. Not my man Chris. And so you get kind of like they're just songs where it's like, this is just not good. Mm-hmm. He's not doing a good job. And it's frustrating because I love Chris Colfer. And towards the end, though, really only his solos are good. Yeah, because they're, like, for him. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, other songs are, like, meh. Right. He's he's struggling. He's, like, singing in his, like, lower register, which isn't as strong, I would say. Mm -hmm. Do you Uh, have any thoughts on Kurt? uh, Love him. That's (laughs) fantastic. Love him. (laughs) No, I mean, I agree. I think you said it all pretty well especially the stuff about like 
not getting any like leads pretty much ever because there's like other like for male parts at least you know yeah I think that you're right about like that's all kind of just like kind of written into the plot and it's just something that we're supposed to be like oh yeah okay but like yeah because there's you know there's like the the clear crisp oh like that joke is homophobic or like right that storyline or whatever but then there's the like more like I'm sure there's like theory words for this and I'm just butchering it because I'm not a theory girly but like the like undercurrents that's like baked into the way the show is written well it's like kind of like microaggression-y yeah very like subtle but definitely there yeah I think another thing that Glee I wouldn't even say tries to tackle um is transphobia and that's like further on in the show hi Gleeks in this section we're going to be talking about transphobia Transphobia presents in a lot of ways in Glee, but the main way that we're going to talk about is the way it invalidates trans identities. Like, it's there because you can see it, but there's also, like, I don't know. It's just, like, when you watch it, it just kind of feels not great, I think. So there's Unique, who we talked about earlier, Alex Newell, is in seasons, like, three through six, I think. And there's a whole, like, dynamic between unique and rider who's another character not a rider stan clearly i don't give a shit because i don't even know who the actor is and rider simply will not acknowledge unique as a girl like in the whole series and it's just kind of okay like they're just kind of fine with it as a show so anyways there it's just kind of like brushed under the rug i guess i would say and like they do kind of try to address like a bathroom situation kind of and they don't do it well and they do it the worst you could possibly do it well yeah and also like the whole thing where like is this during the time while sue is oh my god i wanted to say president principal and <laughs> she doesn't run for president but jeb bush wins in what universe girl like come on <laughs> he's so fucking for real anyway oh my gosh i think about the please clap please like, clap please clap (laughs) so will won't give up teaching the kids how to twerk in exchange for a key to the faculty bathroom for unique so i just don't even know what to say about that like i don't even know where to go um teacher of the year what is wrong with you first first of all i mean like speechless that's how i feel yeah because unique is like I don't feel comfortable in the men's bathroom, but I also like don't feel comfortable in the women's bathroom and I'm getting bullied in both situations. Mm-hmm. When Will is like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not gonna stop teaching them how to twerk. I'm not gonna stop twerking with them to blurred lines. Like not even teaching them how to twerk. That's a crime. It's a sin. <laughs> Worse than a crime. Sue <laughs> then nails a porta potty to the ground of the choir room with a bunch of question marks on it. Why? I hate Glee. No, literally. I'm like, this is so offensive. Like, I don't even have words. Yeah, no. For the offensiveness. Like, 
But yeah, I just, oh, William. Literally. Yeah. They do eventually give Unique the key. Yes. Um, but it takes a whole episode. Yeah. But I also think they're not really addressing the situation. You know, like they're, yeah. like, like, I totally think that that they should be given a key. I just think, what about telling people to not be transphobic? Like, that like not that that will work and people will stop but like yeah it's like a, you gotta take a two-pronged approach right exactly yeah just the fact that it's not like an instant first of all the fact that will is teaching the students to twerk to blurred lines bad yeah. so many issues and then two it's not like an instant yes i will support my student over this right idea i've had well, my student, it's it's also, like, not a light thing to deal with, like, having mm-hmm. your peers be transphobic. Mm-hmm. And then, to end our glongs, we have some funny quotes from a character we we avoid talking about on this podcast. One, Puck, I don't remember his last name. Noah Puckerman. Noah Puckerman, there we go, who says some funny things about gay people. He does. He has a lot of things to say about gays. For example, I stopped washing down there because it seemed kind of gay. So what? You're joining Homo Explosion now? And and also, yeah, a gay team. A big gay team of dancing gays. A big gay team of dancing gays. I mean, really? Are, are those statements homophobic? Yes. But are they also hilarious? Yes. Yes. And we have to give him that. <laughs> He might be homophobic, but he is funny. And you Objectively. can say that of many homophobes. You know, like, I feel like normally people who are homophobic are like, what's next? I get to marry my dog? Like, have an original thought. At least he's saying Tired. something original, you know? Yeah. Next Pride, that's what she missed. We'll be big enough to have merch. It'll and just we're going to come out with some homo explosion merch. That would be <laughs> awesome. We should do merch, actually, for real. Yeah, who will buy it? Our parents? And no, not even my parents will buy it, but it would be funny. <laughs> my dad will buy it. Oh, King. <laughs> King Andrew will buy it. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Um, I'll buy it. No, I would for sure wear a shirt that said homo explosion on it. Like, just um, clear. Happy Pride. Uh, happy Pride, Gleeks. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. The end. And that's what you missed on Glee.